Dynasty Theory is now a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts, and we could not be more excited. Tune in each and every week when we provide actionable advice to help you navigate through the crazy world of Dynasty Fantasy Football. We're always diving into quickly changing values, market inefficiencies, and opportunities to help you build those dynasties. Make sure you also check out the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Enjoy. Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em, But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them, just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn For the feeling I earn, I'ma win it's a turn You had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict, I'm reclining with the brain I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict, Russ and Rocky Other names, Trade Addicts Pie Let's go I am Rocky Petrella, and I have a trading problem. And I am not Dynasty Outhouse, and I also have a trading problem. Yes, hello everybody. Uh, n- no rust this week. He had something come up last minute. Also forgot to schedule a guest until today, but luckily we have Zach, who was originally going to be the guest, now he's the Russ. So, yeah. <laughs> Zach, how you doing tonight? I- I'm doing great. I, I, it always happens this way. Ru- I don't think Russ actually likes me. It, like yeah. he always avoids me. He gets, he gets enough of you, I guess, uh, in the show with Peter and stuff. So yeah, I, don't, I can't blame him on that. End. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever you come on here, he seems he has to, he has to avoid you. Uh, but as always, uh, just when we have, whether you're calling you a guest or a host, I wanted you to tell everybody who you are, what you do, and, and where they can find what you do. Oh, so I'm I'm Zach Reed at Tacit Assassin 13 on Twitter and with the Dynasty Dummies podcast. And we are going to be ramping up with our rookie hoot nanny in Love the that. near future. I am on vacation next week, so we won't be ramping up next week, but it it's coming. It's as soon as February hits, as soon as that calendar rolls over, we're gonna start uh diving into the 2023 rookie class doing the hoot nanny me jay mike uh matt foreman maybe the illustrious kyle lebrecht there's some talk that he is he is going to be making his triumphant turn so (laughs) so yeah so it's it's fun big things are happening and uh and so that's that's where you can find me yeah i always look forward to that i've told you i in the past couple years i've started to try uh, watching guys with my untrained eye and you and Jay Mike and all those guys are much better than me at it. So I, I love hearing what you say after seeing what I see and, and, and seeing where I was wrong. It, it, <laughs> it's just, it's just a lot of practice, Rocky. And, and it's not, I don't, so here's the, the interesting thing about film is I don't think you're, I don't think you are wrong. Like I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just kind of developing that eye and figuring out what you're looking for. And, and for me, I'm looking through a, a, dynasty fantasy football ppr mm-hmm. lens and so i'm looking for a little bit different things than the nfl is and a little bit different things than than other analysts necessarily are so it's 
it's it's just a matter of dial, dialing in that process. It's you know. Yeah, no, and the one thing I'll always uh, take pride in is, is me hating Zach Wilson right from the get-go from watching it on <laughs> film. You and me both. But and so, but though there definitely will be a lot of uh, rookie talk tonight, especially we 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 actually had no trades this week. Come on, trade addicts, leagues, get get with it. I know it's early in the non-point scoring season, but we need content here. Uh, so we're definitely going to get into some rookie talk with Zach here, especially. Um, but first, a little bit of news we have. One of them actually does involve rookies, but the other one was uh, the Chargers firing their OC, Joe Lombardi. So do you think, you know, is this is this going to be a good thing after the kind of downish year we saw from Justin Herbert? So for Herbert, probably, because I think they'll renew focus on that passing game. The, the piece that concerns me, and this was a great tweet. I don't know if you follow David Zach, but he's at David Zach 16. Mm-hmm. He had a really good tweet that said Kamara and Lombardi in four years together, Kamara averaged 0.96 touchdowns per game, almost a touchdown a game. In the two years without Lombardi, he averaged 0.46, so a little under half. Eckler and Lombardi averaged 1.15 touchdowns a game in the two years that they were together, and without him, he was at 0.45 touchdowns. So the the Eckler touchdown pace that has been kind of carrying him to – running back one in in season over season yeah that that could be in danger and so that's the that's the real to me the rub of all of this is Lombardi is a running back coach a running back coordinator and specifically running in the red zone scoring touchdowns yeah, so yeah, that's really interesting. And that's such like he's yeah, Eckler's been living all we, we we thought this year he couldn't possibly, you know, yeah. uh continue the touchdown. He didn't quite I think he had twenty in uh, twenty twenty one, but he was very high again this year, putting him up in that range. And if that's gonna fall off, plus I mean just general age, I think he's gonna be twenty eight, twenty nine now. Yeah. So uh yeah, I mean everybody's looking to start running backs in the off season anyway, but may- maybe in, at least something to keep in mind come August when you can actually start maybe getting something for those running backs again is uh, Eckler. And it'd be interesting to see what it means for the, uh, the receivers. Yeah, they're all, they're, you know, the, the two main ones are getting kind of a little long in the tooth there with, with Williams and, and uh, I mean, Williams is 27, 28 too, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. And uh, cause he was the 20, was he 2019, 2018, 2018 class? I think I'd have to go back and look. I know he was in the, the, the Corey Davis class, whatever that was. Yeah. I mean, they do have Palmer <laughs> there. I wonder if they do bring anybody else in. I mean, they have Williams locked up for quite a bit. I'm not sure where yeah. Allen's contract is, but, uh, but yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was, uh, and you you had actually mentioned it, but I thought it was a good thing to bring up is that, you know, we've had a lot of these 2023 guys declare uh, in the last few days. And uh, we actually, maybe after we talk, you know, after you just kind of mentioned some of the guys we're talking about, uh, we kind of, I think, uh, have a question that kind of ties in with this from our listener questions we can get into. Yeah. So you had like the 11th hour. So yesterday, Monday at four o'clock was the deadline to declare if you were an underclassman. And I had seen a, a Twitter poll that, that came out on like Saturday that said, you know, is the 2023 class great? Is it average? Is it poor? And my response to that was like, we, can we revisit this on Tuesday? 
because <laughs> there's still there's still three of the top seven players in this class, including Stroud as a quarterback, and then Quentin Johnston and Jordan Addison. Like they had not declared until Monday, until like again 11th hour like right under the gun and Kendra Miller also from TCU so the TCU guys I guess kind of get a pass they played in the national championship game Mm -hmm. they actually didn't get a chance to um to get the the feedback from um they they do and I can't remember what they call it but it's it's essentially the NFL tells a, a group of people what draft grade they would give some of the incoming players and then they kind of pass that along to the players and then they can decide whether or not they declare. So the guys from TCU did not get that information until last Tuesday. So it was like after the chance. So all of the uh, other players who had declared, who didn't play in the, in the BCS and, and didn't play in the, you know, the last couple of, of games got their information much earlier than Quentin Johnston and Kendra Miller did. Right. And so I think that pushed it back, but there was a lot of concern with, all right, how strong is this class? If you take out three of the top seven players and the one of the top quarterbacks in the class. So it's it was a good thing that 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 all got squared away and and everybody declared that we were hoping and, well, yeah, and life is good. my ignorance but it was wasn't there somebody though like a week or two ago that did pull out of the uh, twenty three class that we thought uh, was going to be in there uh, there well, but Blake Corum didn't declare and that was I, I don't know if it was a real surprise because he'd had an injury mm-hmm. but but he was somebody that people were hoping would declare he's a was a pretty good running back. Uh, but I, I had not, I had not watched him yet because I was worried he was not going to declare, uh, just based on the injury, based on the fact that it's tough as a running back to, you know, leverage that draft capital without a full season plus without a combine. So, okay. And that, that will get us, like I said, into one of our listener questions, but before I give that question, so Russ and DLF does not kill me. I just realized I didn't really do our intro at the top, which is this is two, uh, session 247, the Trade Addicts podcast, member of the DLF family of podcasts, and a proud member of the Dynasty Attic podcast network, the DAP network, if you will. So I got it in there. And we okay. will. <laughs> and we will. Of course we will. Uh, <laughs> but the question comes from at FF Tommy B. Um, why are people grumbling about this rookie class now? How is it shaping up in your eyes? And what animal can you draw most accurately? Well, so can I can I do them in reverse order? Sure. Because I got the animal right off the top of the head. The animal's easy. The animal is a horse. <laughs> and and it was because I as a kid in elementary school, C.W. Anderson, not the wrestler, but C.W. Anderson, the, the writer, wrote a whole series of horse books billy and blaze and i remember one that was like man of war and like son of gray ghost and all of the like and so he had this great beautiful artwork with horses and so i spent essentially from second grade until about fifth grade sitting in the library trying to draw horses like cw <laughs> anderson so that's i i've got horses yeah, for for me, uh, is there any animal that looks like a stick figure? That would be my animal. <laughs> you could do a, you could do a walking stick. That would be there good. You go. like the bug. I could draw yeah. a perfect yeah. walking stick. <laughs> oh, that's solid. Um, but to the to the first question, 
we've been talking about this class for two years already. We we really have, and talking about adding the the twenty three picks for two years. Yep. And so you, you've had that. I also think people are starting to actually look at some of these players, and they have realized that. There is not a Des Bryant. There is not a Calvin Johnson. There is not a Julio Jones. There's not all I guess Quentin Johnston is like kind of that arch type, but there there aren't very many true X receivers, especially at the top of this class. And that's what people are looking for. They're not looking for what the NFL has evolved into, mm-hmm. which is guys who can create out of the slot. Guys who are versatile, they can create mismatches with speed, quickness, instead of verticality and and being able to go up and create vertical separation. And also guys who can create yards after the catch, which is exactly what this class has. Like, to me, everyone, alpha, that word gets thrown around a ton. Alpha is not synonymous with tall anymore, or at least it shouldn't be. Like, it should be synonymous with good. Like, there are more ways to dominate now as a wide receiver than there ever have been. I mean, you look at the guys who are doing it. Justin Jefferson, well, he was just a slot coming out. Like, ah, no, he's he's just a slot. Can't And, and he was a two. Because he was behind Chase. And, th- and this was going to say, last year, too, we didn't really have that prototype. Maybe Drake no. London, you could say. But other than that, yeah, I mean, more just sort of the ex-vertical yeah. kind of guy. And, but, and, yeah. and I think I think that the NFL is shifting away from that because college has kind of shifted away from that. College has kind of shifted away from that, I think, partially because – of the advent of the seven-on-seven and and guys are playing all year round and and wide receivers are learning a skill set. And so that translates into the spread offenses that that college is using. And so it translates into the NFL because those are the guys you're getting. So I, I understand. I see people being disappointed in this class. I am not. And I also think the other piece to that, Rocky, is... We've gotten to the point where we think of, and I think we're doing this wrong, we're thinking of deep classes mm-hmm. as a bunch of mediocre play. And this is not necessarily like a deep class that way. Like last year, I think everyone said, oh, this is a deep class. Well, it was, but everybody was like the same. Yeah. And there wasn't <laughs> there wasn't a, a, a superstar in it. To me, there is a really clear top seven in Superflex that I'm going to be really happy if I get any of them. And, and that is a rare class to me. I mean, you're, you're looking at, it feels like the 2018 class. I mean, you've got that running back at the top where you had Saquon in 2018. This year you have Bijan. And then you've got another six players that I'm like I'm really interested in before you even get to dart throws. And so to me, I I understand why they're poo-pooing it. I understand why some of the air has been let out of the balloon of the 2023 class. Like it's just we've been doing it so long. And so now we're at the point where we're picking nits because we've we've been looking at the class for you know and that always years. happens once you get to the yeah, actual draft. Yeah. But man, I like I I really don't think there are very many nits to pick in terms of the the top of this class is really good. 
And you mentioned the receivers, but I mean, a lot of times, especially well in Superflex, I think it's people tend to, I think, judge the class on quarterbacks and running backs, and not just specific to Superflex. Yeah. But I mean, if it's a good running back class and it's a good quarterback class, I think people like the class. So I've heard, I, I haven't really dove into things like you have already. So I've heard that it's a pretty good running back class. Where, where, how are you looking at the running backs? Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of a bunch of guys who Obviously are. Yeah, no, there are a bunch of guys who are interesting. Um, I Bijan is really good. I, like again, Bijan is in the. So I've been doing this since 2015 in terms of scouting rookies. Bijan is the fourth best uh, running back that I have scouted. Like he's he's really 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 good. So I have if I, if I, was I scroll, say you have the top three. Yeah. So if I scroll through, I've got a little uh, little tab that says for Peter Howard because he and I have gone back and <laughs> forth with our hits, and so the the top three have been Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and then he is there tied with Jonathan Taylor as the, pretty good company. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so like that's to me. That's what you're talking about with Bijan Robinson. Like he's a an incredible an incredible player, a great runner of the football, but also a pass catcher. So he can do a little bit of everything. You've got um, you got Jameer Gibbs, who he feels a little bit like undersized DeAndre Swift mm-hmm. to me. Like he well, so undersized so, DeAndre Swift doesn't yeah. sound great. Well, so he's DeAndre Swift. Yeah, he's, but he's DeAndre Swift with like a little less uh, BMI. But but he's a player that again you like him in space. You like him as a as a fantasy producer because he's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna make a lot of plays in the passing game. He can carry the ball. He's not a he's not a bad ball carrier. But I think he's going to tease you a little bit. You got Zach Charbonnet, who people are going to be disappointed in his age coming out. But holy cow, can he do some things? He's he's one of the most complete backs. I mean, he's not as dynamic as some of these guys, but he's one of the, the most complete backs in this class in terms of being able to carry the ball, being able to uh, catch the ball. I mean, he was a... a in in 2021, he was a thousand yard rusher at UCLA. Had 24 receptions. He's he's got great vision between the tackles, good acceleration. You know, he's just he's really good. Better than average pass catcher. He's a he's a, a, a kind of an everything back. But I think he may not get the NFL draft capital to to be like super exciting. But he's going to be that type of player that you saw. Um, you know. You've you've seen like Alexander Madison when he was when when Cook goes down and all of a sudden Madison steps in and is just does what Cook does mm-hmm. that like that to me is a Charbonnet um, and and so and then you've got some of the smaller guys you've got uh, Devin A Chain who is like a really tiny uh, out of Texas A and M but does is a little bit Devin Singletary like where like he's a, a good runner between the tackles even though you don't expect him to because he is 5'9 185 but can also go out make plays as a pass catcher I mean like there just there's a lot of and I haven't even talked about Sean Tucker who is great at Syracuse does everything uh I haven't talked about Kendra Miller who may be the best runner in the class like pure runner uh and, and but not a great pass catcher so like it's it's there are a lot of names and especially that's one thing that I like about 
a class like this is to me, after you get outside your top tier of players, that's when you start firing off darts at running backs because anytime one of those guys gets a shot, that you're scoring points. And so all of a sudden your the pick you made is worth it. And and so that's that like I think that's what is exciting about this class is it's it's got some of everything. And I'm I'm gonna ask you one more selfish question because you didn't <laughs> mention him and it has me a little concerned because I have him on a Debbie team. What about uh Zach Evans? Uh, Zach Evans is okay. I think people are gonna like him better than I do. And and it's not to say that he's a bad runner. Uh, I think he gets up to speed really quickly and it makes him a threat with every touch. Like he, you know, he's got a chance to house one. He's exceptional at the goal line. Like he's, he's, I think he's bigger. I've got him listed at 5'11, 195. I will mm-hmm. be shocked if he doesn't come in bigger than that. Like he just feels bigger mm-hmm. than that. Really good at the goal line, really good at getting low and, and getting in. Uh, he doesn't make defenders miss. But he's really good at angles and and running away from defenders. And I don't think that I saw him get hit solid on more than maybe three plays in in all of the games that I watched him. Which is really funny because you're expecting him. You know, he's not he's not like twitchy. He's not jukey, but he he doesn't get hit hard. And and my other note for him is he's got leg drive for days. Like he just he carries defenders. You know, so they they don't hit him square, and then he's like, "Yeah, come with me. We're we're gonna go for another five yards." So that's that's what like the positives on Evans. I do think he struggles to get outside. So like, if you're looking for a guy who's gonna make big big runs on the outside, uh, he's not the guy who's gonna turn the corner. Uh, he's got some ball control fumbling issues, but I'm not as concerned about that. I think usually the NFL kind of sorts that out. They they're either like you're going to figure this out or you're not going to play. So we're going to know one way or the other. Um, And the other thing that I don't like about him, besides the fact that he's not really a pass catcher, is that he's really susceptible to guys hitting him low. Like you, you see some runners who have great feet in traffic and they get their, they get their feet up out of the way of, of tacklers getting down low. He's not that guy. So if, if somebody hits him low, first defender mm-hmm. he, he's going down but uh, again like the fact that you, I can put him down at like running back six or seven in this class and and he's that good speaks to me to the the, the caliber of this class yeah and like you said though with that the, the, the lack of uh pass catching shots yeah. it does yeah for fantasy it does and, make you a little and, nervous and that that definitely knocks so that knocks guys like like Zach Evans like Kendra Miller for me because I'm looking for guys who catch the ball that's the easiest way to score points a target is worth almost three times as much as a carry so yeah i remember that i forget exactly what it was but just, i know you had said it like a year or two ago how derrick yeah. henry had like the most yeah. you know two thousand yard rush of the season all time season yeah. and i think alvin kamara still had more yeah more yeah he had he had season. the he had the third best rushing season in the history of the nfl and he finished 80 points behind Kamara. Yeah. <laughs> That's what pass catching does. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, we have the one uh, non-rookie related listener question we have is from our, our friend Herms at Herms NFL. You uh, said you should talk about how y'all feel about postseason production in Dynasty. 
<laughs> I, for me, I remember I've, I've kind of disregarded it ever since early on in my uh, dynasty uh, career or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I fell victim to, to Sony Michelle's postseason, and I was getting Sony Michelle everywhere. Dude scored like six touchdowns on the way to the Super Bowl, and he looked great, and then he was never that good again. <laughs> yep, and that's. It, I was wondering if maybe, Herms, this was uh, some Gabe Davis regret manifesting itself. Because like that's <laughs> what it, that's what it feels like to me. The the postseason is just another data point. Like it's it's you can learn some things, but you can't learn big things because it's a small sample size. So I I'm not I'm not going to you know plant flags based on what somebody does in a three game stretch in the postseason. I'm I'm just not even if it's Gabe Davis on the three touchdown. You know last year like. It is a way that you can manipulate league mates sometimes because people get so they're they're small sample size, but they're also island games. And so everybody yes. is watching playoff games. And so you can kind of manipulate the way I play fantasy football is probably a little bit different than a lot of people because I am far less interested in the players on my team when it comes to actual like thinking about fantasy football, I am playing the players in my league. And so this is a way you can, you can really exploit like micro markets and that sort of thing where, I mean, the, again, the Gabe Davis league, Peter Howard and Jacob Rickroad and I before this season had a, had a, podcast it was a marathon podcast peter broke it up into like five episodes because he just couldn't get me or jacob to shut up (laughs) but we had like we had an entire like 45 minutes dedicated to gabe davis all three of us are sitting there watching pff put him up into the top 15 watching uh watching the the rankings on all of the all of the uh season-long sites bring him up into the top 20 and and sitting there going, there's no way. Like if he has a perfect season, he he could be wide receiver twenty four. Like perfect right. season, and he's probably a wide receiver three. And he finished as wide receiver thirty six. But everybody drafted him based on those three touchdowns in a playoff game. And it's it three touchdowns in a playoff game doesn't mean anything more to you in terms of a data set as three touchdowns somewhere else. And if you had yeah. three touchdowns in a game in the regular season. People would be going, well, that's a small sample size. Well, so so don't treat an island game in the playoffs yes, any but differently. Zach, this was one of the best playoff games of all time. Don't you get it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> uh, but one one other kind of interesting offshoot that of this question that occurred to me is is kind of relating it to Brock Purdy uh, because he's there. I, I think I've read that the plan is to keep starting him even if Jimmy is healthy as long as they're still in the postseason. And I just kind of made me wonder, and I also it also because I saw a trade in one of my other leagues, uh, non TA league, where Purdy went uh, Purdy and a twenty three second for a twenty four first. Uh, so I was just wondering, like, what do you think this is doing for the value of Purdy? And do you do you think there's danger Trey Lance is is not starting over Purdy next year. Well, so here's the interesting thing, and this is one of those where you may actually be able to learn something from the postseason. If 
San Francisco makes it to the championship. If not they, going to because I mean, they're not, and Eagles, they probably won't continue. But, but if I mean <laughs> they've, just, they've, got, they've got an <laughs> they've got an amazing defense. They've got a no, stacked yeah. offense. Like they they've got as as good a chance now as anybody. But if they Definitely. make it, if they just for some unbelievable reason win the NFL championship, win the Super Bowl, Purdy's going to start for them next he year. Kind of has to at that point. And, and so and so then you're looking at either getting something for Lance in trade, which I think they still can, or Lance is a vet. Like, so, so yeah. And, and again, I'm not party hype train. Like let's, let's not, let's not run this out because like, he's been fine. He's, he's good. He's much better than anticipated. Uh, he's still not like, it's not like we're watching the second coming of Tom Brady right now, which is what everybody wants to run out to. He He is, a competent quarterback in a incredibly friendly offense in terms mm-hmm. of weapons. I mean, you've got the best, the best running back for a quarterback in the NFL in Christian McCaffrey, because not only is he a great between the tackles guy, he's also probably the best receiver on that team. You have the best yards after catch tight end on that team. So when we talk about making things friendly for young quarterbacks, you need a pass catching tight end and you need a running back who can who can be that safety valve out of the backfield. Well you got and the, the receivers are both pretty good yeah, run after and, catch guys too. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then you got you got Debo and you got Ayuk. Like, man, that like that's incredible. Like you can't you can't draw it up any better. And so like Purdy's been good, but that's also a really great Offense. I think the funny thing to me is watching the fantasy football community be mad about Trey Lance <laughs> because uh, the, like their idea of Trey Lance is different than than NFL Trey Lance because I think the upside of Trey Lance as a fantasy as a fantasy football quarterback is huge yes. because he runs because he, the upside of Trey Lance as an NFL quarterback is not nearly that high. Yeah, we saw, I mean, we saw last year, Jalen Hurts was mediocre at best as a passer last year. Mm. Not, you know, not the year that just passed. The year and Hurts was and much, he was great as a fantasy asset. Hurts was much better coming out of college. Like, I, I liked Hurts coming out of college. Lance was fine, but you're looking at his legs to be, I mean, it's kind of like, so Lamar Jackson and Hurts are, are a lot, closer to each other than than lances to them in terms of passing like they're but i think they were both much more polished passers coming out of college than trey lance was yeah i'm just saying like hertz has made a leap this year in yeah. terms oh of passing, yeah and uh, but even before he had he was still an, an easy quarterback one with huge upside yeah we- weekly upside which is what we could you know, Lance doesn't even have to be a great passer to to do that. But if he's not a great passer, the NFL is not going to want to. Well, and you, you're a, you're ball. a Philly guy. How how many conversations were there in Philadelphia on Philadelphia talk radio about getting rid of Jalen Hurts the last two years? I mean, how how many? Yeah. I mean, not not as much. Like, I don't think people wanted to get rid of him, but or, but there was definitely talk that if he did not perform this year, then you know they have to pay him because yeah. he's he's now through year three, and that's when they start talking extension. And yeah, if he if he did not do what he did this year, he he was going to be probably out of. It. I've got a really fun clip that I'll send to you in a DM of Shane Manila 
on our podcast when Hertz was drafted. I yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't actually uh, see it or hear it live. I think, but I remember hearing about. It. Oh, I and I was, I was not on a podcast, but I was the exact same way when I heard Hertz drafted. I was, I, I hated that. We have Carson Wentz. We don't, we don't need Jalen Hurts. How stupid does that sound? Right. It, if it makes you, if it makes you feel any better, I was mad when Philadelphia took him because I was hoping that the Patriots were going to draft him the same as I was hoping the Patriots were going to take. Uh, Lamar Jackson when they took Sony Michelle back mm-hmm. just oh, <laughs> so frustrating. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get to our last listener question here from at uh, C Bogus. Hopefully, I'm not murdering your name there, but uh, I don't know how we could do this because Zach would probably have to do it by himself. This is rapid <laughs> first round, rapid fire first round rookie mock draft. I I do have a. Uh, DLF's rankings up. If you wanted to just go through the, I I could dr- I could go by their rankings, and you could just talk about all the players since I had nothing to say. I, I mean, <laughs> you do you want the one on one? Yeah, I'll take the one on one. I'll take Bijan. All right, so I'll I'll go uh, Bryce Young with the with the second one. Okay, well, that, I, I, Stroud is who they have third, but I wanted to talk about this because. Uh, you know, those are the two names everyone's talking about. We didn't really talk about quarterbacks when we, we were going through some of the rookies earlier. So why Young over Stroud? I know some people are worried about Young's uh, size, right? So I haven't watched quarterbacks yet, full disclosure. So I don't have enough uh, ammo. But Young was coming in the guy, like the the one. The only reason people are worried about him now is because they finally watched him and they and they think he's short. Like that's <laughs> literally it. And so I'm like, you've seen guys succeed in the NFL. You've seen Kyler be successful. You've seen Russell Wilson be successful. I am, again, maybe I'll watch these guys later and and say, oh, no, I I don't want any part of him. But for now, like, that's that's where I got to go. Okay, and in case it wasn't clear, we're doing this as a, a super flex tight end premium draft. Yeah. Uh, real quick, we're going to fire these off. So I took Stroud 30, taking fourth. Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I—that's probably a little hot. I, I think you have him a little will, higher than DLF does, yeah. And I think some people will, will take the running back. Like to me, Jackson Smith and Jigba is, and I don't—I I hate comps. I'm this is not a comp, but it is. If you knew Amon Ross St. Brown was coming, that's what—that's what JSN is. Like he's he's that guy who can get open out of the slot uh, and and just create space whether it's against uh, man coverage or whether it's against zone coverage, and and I have really tailored my film watching to guys who can identify spots in zone that are the weak spots because so zones are cheats they are and and you're playing areas and passing off. Uh, players between your areas and so a player like jsn is exceptional at figuring out where the holes are sitting down between the levels of the zone and reading the layers of that zone and so he does an exceptional job giving his quarterback the biggest window to throw into in the zone and just for for context the guys that i liked in the last few classes that have uh really been adept at, at beating zone have been Cooper Cup, have been AJ Brown, have been Justin Jefferson. Like that's Sounds the type good. of player. Yeah, like that's the type of player that you know is is exceptional 
at beating zone. And, and JSN does that very good hands. He makes the plays he should, makes plays in traffic, is really surprisingly adept and intelligent for as a blocker, which I know doesn't help us, but helps him get on the field. And like he springs other receivers with his blocking ability downfield, which is really nice. Like you like to see that kind of cerebral play. I, I think that kind of bodes well for the for the rest of his his game. And I think he's also really sudden at the stem of routes. Like he creates separation where he'll come up and plant and get a defender to commit one way. And then all of a sudden he's gone the other way and, and creates that separation at the point of throw. He's going to be a, a target monster. Yeah. And I, I think he's, uh, they, oh, they actually have him as a wide receiver too here. That's interesting. But the, uh, <laughs> the next, I, I feel like he's a lot of people's wide receiver one though, but uh, the next player going by their list, I would be taking at the one Oh five would be Jameer Gibbs. You already talked about. Yep. So, so who are you going at 106? Oh my goodness. This would be like a dream draft for me. Cause now I'm going to get Jordan Addison. That's who also. they have one. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So film grade wise, Addison and JSN are like tied. They're, they're literally the same and, and very, like very good, uh, you know, high end. So, so basically they would have been above everybody in in the last class so i had Traylon burks ranked uh, as my wide receiver one in 2022 both jsn and jordan addison graded out above yes. above burks uh and and addison is another one of those really fast uh, he's a little bit he's six feet but uh, 175 so like a little a little thin mm-hmm. but Man, he's got exceptional speed. Uh, he's more quick in route than he is fast with the ball. So, so like he's 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 quick in route, and then when he's got the ball, he's fast. So like he's not necessarily running away from guys, but he's creating quick separation. And then when he's got the ball, that's when he that's when he hits that afterburner. Uh, real sudden out of breaks, creates huge swaths of of space. Uh, gets a lot of targets. He plays with exceptional pace. So, like, you'll see him run a route, and he's going at, like, 90%. And then all of a sudden, he'll make his move at the stem, and then he's like, yeah, now I'm at 100, and you're five yards behind me. Uh, and I think he's got real good hands, especially downfield. He's a great ball tracker. And it, like I said, he feels small sometimes, especially when he gets bumped out on the outside. Like, he's not going to be that that vertical, go up and get it, you know, high point. And he, he can be bothered by physicality. So if you can get your hands on him in route, that's really his his big weakness. So, again, th- those two wide receivers at the top of this class, man, I, I think they are going to be absolutely perfect for what the NFL does. And and they're probably going to get pushed down a little bit because people are going to go, ah, they're slots. Give me that. Like I, yeah. I like. I, I've always been a slot guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, I mean, Justin Jefferson was a slot guy. So. Yeah, yeah. AJ Brown was a slot guy. Justin Jefferson yeah. was a slot guy. Cooper Cup was a slot guy. Like that's. It, it's not a bad thing. Yes. Uh, so next one that I would then be taking at seven would be Quentin Johnston. Is the next on the list? Yep. Uh, you kind of got into him. So who would you take next? So then I'm probably going off script here because I would go Kayshawn Boutte. Uh, 
and again, normally I break ties to running backs in rookie drafts. I don't think this is a tie. Uh, I, I think that you're going to see a lot of people cool on him because of his injury. Uh, you know, he had, he had ankle surgery before this season. You're going to see people cool on him because they, there's a little bit of, of funk that's come out about him. I don't know if you've seen the, the, uh, the, the tryst with him and the trainer and the, the another. I heard something about yeah. that. Yeah. So, so there's, <laughs> there's some rumors, but I'm just watching the, the game tape. I like, I, not, nothing off field. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, he can be really quick in routes when he wants to be. Uh, I think he he has several double moves, which is kind of cool. You don't always see that with with college guys coming out, but like you know, he'll run that like slant and go, or he'll run an out and up, and like he is really good that way. Can get him deep versus man, and he's super post catch where he's faster with the ball than he is without it, and he's got some contact bounce. So he's six foot one ninety. And he and he plays a little bit more physically once he's got the ball, so that's that's nice. Adding yards after the catch, and I think he does a really good job again between levels of zones, getting in there and sitting down. Which I mean, that should ring a bell. That should that should you know light light off those light off those lights. He's not real fast in route though, and I think that's the the thing that is makes me hesitant. He often doesn't create separation versus man. And you're going to hear a bunch of different people talk about separation and, and whether it matters and whether route running matters. To me, separation isn't what PFF does. PFF does separation like as the ball gets there. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that's on the quarterback because you can run a great route. I mean, you can you watch Jamar Chase. Like the big thing with Jamar Chase coming out was PFF was like he doesn't separate. If you watch Jamar Chase, he would get – five yards of separation and then the ball would be underthrown. He'd have to go back and then vertically separate. Mm-hmm. So when the ball gets there, the the defenders right there, I think it's the opposite with, with Keishon Butte is he often doesn't create that separation. And so he sometimes makes it tougher on a quarterback, tougher on himself because he doesn't have that separation struggles against press uh, physical corners, man. That like, again, if they get up and jam him, He's not he's not getting off because he doesn't have that uh, real great quickness, and I think he also suffers like concentration drops. Like he'll drop some really easy passes, especially over the middle. So there's a lot of upside with with Keishon Butte, but there's also like we're we're in the lightning round now. Once you get past Addison to me, I mean, once you get past uh, Quentin Johnston to me. Now we're now we got some warts, mm-hmm. and you can and you can tell Zach is a receiver guy's picked a quarterback and three wide receivers so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, but no, like normally I, I'll split with running backs, but I like I I think that there is a pretty clear like this is a pretty good wide receiver class. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next on their list uh, would be, and this one I thought was interesting because I feel like there's some people who don't like this guy quarterback Will Levis. Hmm, that's interesting. What, what do you know? Do you know? I know you said I, you haven't looked at quarterbacks. Again, have, you don't know much about him. No, I haven't. I haven't watched any Levis at all because there hasn't been any. Like I haven't had wide receivers. I feel Kentucky, like there's so. like differing views on him from what I've seen. I, the little bit I've seen so far. I will tell you that if I'm going to take a quarterback, 
you know, further down in the draft, it's probably going to be Anthony Richardson, depending on draft capital. Because because I I again, if you're playing fantasy, if he gets top fifteen capital, you got a running quarterback. Like, and and so much of this depends on draft capital too, because it so if if NFL teams look at Kayshawn Butte and they're like, no, we're not touching him until the fourth round. All of a sudden that ranking changes because, you know, draft capital tells us a ton. This is just pre-draft me looking at talent and where I'm evaluating talent. And I'll be honest, the NFL and I don't always see eye to eye. Like Jalen Hyatt is going to go really highly in the NFL draft. He's very fast. And the NFL has been enamored with fast guys for longer than I've been alive. That's not like, that's not a pick that I'm going to make. Like, even if he goes in the first round. Tutu Atwell. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, it's not, but it's not Tutu Atwell, but it's. it's I'm just saying he's those, an example of a yeah, guy that the NFL seemed to like more than, than we do. But, yeah. But it's all of those fast guys. It's the, it's the rugs. It's the, um, that's you know, all, yeah. All of the really, really fast that, they do more for an NFL team by stretching the field than they do for your fantasy team. Right. And so that's that's kind of where I'm at. I now I would have a decision to make, Rocky. Uh, mm-hmm. because I, I and, and here's where I'll play my board instead of so I'm I'm gonna take Zach Charbonnet here because I know I can get my next guy uh coming back. And it's interesting. They, I think that was it's because I have to kind of mentally do this because it's not going according to these rankings. But I think that was ten. Yep. So we only got two more picks here. They had Zach Evans next of the people not picked. Nope. Would you would you have him in the end of the first round? I, I would not. I he's probably a second round pick for me. I I like Kendra Miller, who was in the same backfield as Evans earlier on in their careers. Evans ended up at Ole Miss. Uh, Kendra Miller stayed at TCU. Uh, like, and we already talked a little bit about Evans. Yeah. I, like, I like him. I think he's a, a good player, just not quite where I'm willing to take him. And then I get to come back and draft Rashi Rice, who is going to be somebody that I'm going to probably be higher on than yeah. a lot of. They yeah. have a wide receiver eight. Yeah. And, and so for me, he is wide receiver five and and re- real close, like right on the same cusp as as Keishon Butte. So that's that's gonna that that rounds out our twelve. I, I did draft a lot of um a lot of wide receivers. Yes, but, you did. <laughs> but that just means that that just means that I'm doing something right where I, I got again, I got three of my top or four of my top five and and yeah. then and then I can spend my second round, third round, fourth round drafting running backs who have a better chance of hitting as later round picks because it's a it's an elevator, not an escalator, to me. Yeah. With you know, right, well, because right, running backs you only have one of the position right. who's playing. So if he gets hurt, the next guy's up. As opposed to a receiver, which is that escalator. You know, when when the first guy gets hurt, it just slides over. So your number two you know, usurps more of those targets than the number three. And then the guy who comes in, eh, maybe so. Okay. So, so there's a relatively quick uh, first round for you. Um, a couple a few other guys though, I did want to touch on before we kind of move off of all this rookie talk. 
Uh, one is uh, where did I have I have it up? To, oh yeah, Michael Michael Mayer, uh, yep. tight end. Tight as we were saying, tight end premium. I know he's pretty highly regarded. Uh, they have him as the one eleven in their rankings. And I haven't watched him yet, but I will not take a tight end outside of the fact that that Kyle Pitts got pushed up uh, a couple years ago to the one on one, and so he was worth taking because. As soon as you took him, he was worth more than what you what you spent for him. Mm-hmm. Like I won't take tight ends in the first round. I I, I won't. Uh, and, and if you look at historically, the tight ends that have been uber successful have not been the first tight end off the board. They've not been the second tight end off the board. Like go find athletic tight ends who are a little later and and shoot your shots like that like a shotgun as opposed to trying to make that one sniper pick with the tight end that probably isn't going to pan out the way you think he is. That's a good point. Yeah. Like Kittle Andrews wasn't the first it, tight end taken off his team. That, Kittle, that Andrews, Kelsey. I mean, even, <laughs> yeah. even like Gronk and Jimmy Graham were, were later around picks in the NFL and, and, you know, fell. I mean, like it's, it's just a, and again, it's not an exact science, but athleticism and opportunity do great things for tight ends and and again if you can scatter shot cheap you're better off and then the other thing i wanted the other two guys wanted to mention just because it, it was a little while back now but roman in the chat mentioned um tank bigsby and and uh, israel abanaconda abanaconda yeah so i figured if you want to talk on them <laughs> since he asked about it in the chat and then we'll then we'll move on from the rookies at least the specific rookies so Bigsby, I have as my running back six, I think, six or seven. Uh, and Bigsby out of Auburn, six foot two oh eight. Uh, again, thousand yard rusher, over twenty catches in a season. Uh, has enough power and leg drive in the interior to make almost every play a positive play, which is is kind of nice. Uh, I think he's got good long speed once he hits the second level. Good burst and acceleration, and he's a crease runner, which like he gets small through the hole and then explodes. Uh, and I think he's got better than average hands, but not necessarily running routes. Like he's not he's not a great route runner. Um, he doesn't have the consistent quick twitch agility to beat the initial defender, so he gets hit a lot by the first guy. He's not able to juke past. Um, he does hesitate behind the line of scrimmage a lot if he's forced to go outside. Like he does not want to be bounced to the outside. He wants to get upfield. And so if he can't, if if they're bouncing him, he'll sit there and hesitate and, and try to figure out. And that doesn't always work. And the other issue, I think, is fumbling. He gets really careless with the ball sometimes where he'll get it like out away from him in, in one arm or he'll get stood up. And, and trying to add extra yards and guys can come in and, and rip that out. So like, I, I like him probably his best feature is that his name is tank. <laughs> you got to love a running back yeah. named tank. Yeah. But, but he's, he's not a bet again. There, there are a lot of uh, running backs that are pretty good in this class. And uh, then let me see if I can find, yeah, if his name was Arthur Bigsby, it might not be as uh, he might not be as hyped. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't ha- I don't have my write up right here of uh, Abanaconda, uh, but I can I can dig if you uh, if you give me a moment. 
<laughs> okay. Um, while Zach is doing that, um, another question that was asked was uh, about how do you approach your rookie draft? And, and to me, this is pretty easy. It's it's, it's almost always best player available. I, I think that's, you know, do you factor in team need at all, Zach? Or So, no, not necessarily team need, but I do factor in draft class so like the way i approach a rookie draft factors in uh, like draft class i see the no move on i know (laughs) um but uh by that i mean the the depth of the class which we've already talked about uh where i see tier breaks and also how players i like are being valued by the community so i'll give a couple kind of concrete examples where uh, in the 20, was it 2020, AJ Brown. I, like I had AJ Brown as, as the one-on-one, like as my wide receiver one, I thought he was the best player in the class. That was not how consensus was, mm-hmm. you know, before the draft, be, well, before the combine, everybody had DK Metcalf up at one Butler was up there. Uh, after the combine, DK dropped because he ran a seven three eight three cone, and there's no possible way he's ever going to be any good. Uh, and then after the draft, Butler dropped, and so you had this kind of weird Nikhil Harry thing. You had DK, mm-hmm. but like to me, AJ Brown was was the guy. But AJ Brown was routinely going one hundred eight to one ten. Yep. So I don't have to take AJ Brown, you know, in the top three. So I can either make a pick and then trade back up into 107, 108 to get the guy I want, which I'll do. Or I could trade back, get extra picks in another draft and and do that. The same thing happened with Justin Jefferson the next year. And there's not always, they're not always guys like that. But if I think that there's a talented player, I will, I will kind of move around based on what the consensus is. And if I miss out, it's not great. But I try to I try to snipe those players. I also will break uh, ties, and I said this earlier, but I'll break ties to running backs because running backs get on the field quicker. Although we've been spoiled the last couple of years with with great wide receivers, mm-hmm. but but running backs get on the field quicker. They usually have a quicker return, and I don't mind trading running backs. And, and usually, I can get those young wide receivers with a running back who's been on the field. And I keep hearing Russ in my ear saying, "No, no." draft for value trade for need and yeah yeah but you got to assess the value like you got to figure out where the value is and and so and and the other part of that is sometimes i'll draft players that i don't want (laughs) kyle pitts i I drafted kyle pitts i i did not want kyle pitts but i wanted the value that kyle pitts has like there i may i you were in a league where i've got the one-on-one Dijon Robinson probably doesn't help me very much. If I can get a good trade to to move out of that, if I can get multiple picks to move out of that, I'll probably do it. If not, I'm going to draft Bijan Robinson and I'm going to get multiple picks and 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 or players for him because somebody will be very excited once he finally starts playing. Yeah. Like that's the thing. So like it's not always all about my value. So it's it's complex. Rookie drafts are are interesting. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, getting into kind and you kind of touched on this, I think, a little bit. The last part of the question was: Do you trade back and risk losing your guys if you have an early draft pick? I kind of feel like it's more like you can trade back and get your guys from what you were saying. Yeah. Well, and I think that's that's it. Uh, and it depends on who depends on who your guy is. It depends on so but usually you, the guys at the top are most people's guys. Like, well, and it's interesting. So last year there was no consensus. This there really true. wasn't. Last it was year all was all over the place. place. Yeah. So last year you had to you and everyone had, else. Yeah. yeah, you had to go get your guy. Like you had to move up. You had to you had to make so like I moved up. Um, well, in that same league, I moved up and I got Olave. I got Burks and I got uh, Pickens because like those were three guys that I wanted, and I knew that the consensus like uh, Wilson was already gone, so I couldn't move up and get him. But like. That was that was there was no consensus this year. I think it's going to be a lot closer. You're going to know about the range where guys are going to go. Mm-hmm. So in this class, I'm I'm and I've talked to Russ about this a bunch on the grind. The the, the top seven picks. So you you've got the obvious Bijan, you've got the obvious two quarterbacks, and then those next four picks. Any of those, I'm going to be happy with. So it's it's more about trading into a, a tier as opposed to trading into a player. When I get into the later rounds, second, third round, this is where I usually don't have my second round pick. Like we, we talked about this. I usually yeah, don't. Yeah. I, I buy on credit. Credit, yep. <laughs> but, but what I'll do is when a player that I like is on the board in the second round, I'll say, okay, here's my third round pick, and next year's second, I want this spot. And then I'll and then I'll buy in and, and attack a specific player. So that's that's how I play that. Yeah, and I, I pretty much agree with that. Uh, I, I I don't. Yeah, I mean, up at the top, I, I generally prefer to trade back. Like you said, as long as it's within a certain. Usually, a lot of drafts, it'll be like you know the top six, seven, somewhere in there. You usually feel good about a lot of guys. And I, I often, unless, um, like, say this draft, like if I have two or three and I really need a quarterback, I'm, I'm probably not trading back. Right. But if I don't, then, then yeah, get, get, get back to six, pick up pick up something else and, and see what you can do. I'm, I'm definitely on the trade back train generally. Yeah, and this year I'm, I'm really attacking, trying to get into the 25 class. So, like, if I can move back a couple spots – have someone who doesn't value a 25 pick, they're valuing it like a second. If I can do that, I'm mm-hmm. I'm really happy because I think there are some running backs coming in 25. 25. We're already talking about 25. So well, you, you've, <laughs> you've got you've got to do that, Rocky. You've got to identify two years out where you're making your moves. And you gotta you gotta build capital. You gotta do the J Mike invitational. Like that's yeah. what you have to do is identify <laughs> a class and go get as many like if when when I, that's how I rebuild. Like I don't I don't rebuild. It's a it's a reload in a class that I've already identified. I listen yeah. to smart people that do Devi, and I go, okay, this is a class that I want to get into. The twenty three class was a class I wanted to get into. So, I mean that that's just that's just how I roll, man. And uh, Jason in the chat said, speaking of Pickens, who you mentioned a little while ago, do you guys think his value went up this it year? It went up a ton. Yeah. It did, but then I, I, I kind of feel like it leveled off. So like, it went up way up early in the – maybe in the preseason. Um, and then maybe early in the season, he you know, he made that one that one-handed catch, that body control catch. <laughs> and uh, and then he kind of, kind of tailed off the end of the year. But I still think it's considerably higher than when you drafted him. 
And, but he's he's one of those players now that I think is a, a trade candidate, like a trade away candidate, because mm-hmm. it's it's hard to like he, he's done everything that you wanted to in terms of payoff already. And I think that you can get more for him than than you pay, and you can probably find a player that gives you a better chance at returning that upside. Like like, and again, Pickens has the cathedral ceiling upside, but man, that floor is just nasty. Yeah, and especially with you know, who knows what the offense is going to be moving forward with Pickett yeah. and. And if they can ever improve that offensive line and all those <laughs> kinds of things. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and he also had said, if I had a thousand dollars to spend guilt free, I'd buy sports cards in Trevor Lawrence in parentheses because that was uh, <laughs> Russ's random question uh, of the week. If you had a thousand dollars to spend guilt nice. free, um, all my money goes to my kids. So that's, that's where it would go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, probably. Um, okay, so we'll. Sort of get into some TA trades because, like I said, we had zero TA trades. So what I decided to do, uh, just so we'd have some trade talk, and because <laughs> I underestimated how much Zach could talk about rookies, I didn't want the show to be too short. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> no, no, I loved it. I got to, I got, to, I love listening. And if you if you enjoyed all that, make sure you're checking out the Dynasty Dummies in a couple weeks because that's the you'll get a lot more of that. But. Uh, I loved it because I and I told Zach before the show I, I getting over a little bit of stomach bugs. So I'm like Zach, you do all the talking and I'll just listen <laughs> to you. Uh, but uh, anyway, I had I had some offers in one of the TA leagues, and I guess I guess I can say which one it is. I hope I hope the people who sent me the offers don't mind because if anyone's in that league, they can figure out who these people are. <laughs> but uh, I, I had one league right, four different offers, and I'm not even, I'm not going to give Zach the context of, of my team. I'm just going to see what he thinks of each one. Uh, there's maybe one here I wouldn't accept, no matter what Zach says. But uh, <laughs> but and I think he'll agree with me. But the other three, if Zach tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. But I have a feeling I know where Zach's going to fall on most of these. But I thought it'd be fun, and that way we can also get our uh, our sleeper trade of the week in there because you kind of can't do that with no trades. So, uh, but the first one I had was uh, this one was the easy one for me. I think this is a no. Devonte Adams for the one hundred five and two hundred five. Yeah, it's it's probably a no. Like again, if you're like hardcore rebuild, then there's some thought that goes into that because I don't think going forward you're going to get much more than that like you may in season but if you're if you're even sniffing contention it's it's adams like no question and well i guess i can give you all these picks uh all the all these picks that include the 105 are mine so i'll give you that context and i earned the 105 so for me that one was a no yeah. in terms of trading that for adams yeah and and i don't like again i don't mind that like i i think that's good if if you're not if you earn the 105 you want the 105 yeah and so you have no problem though as a contender giving up the 105 and 205 for adams even at 30 even with car not being there and I not mean, knowing what's coming and all i that. i think Devontae adams is still a top wide receiver and if i can get two years out of a top wide receiver then i'm happy with it like again i I don't think you you've got to make that understanding that you're not going to be able to get that back for him like it's basically a trade where where you're you're getting points and and he's dying on your roster yes but But yeah i I don't yeah i don't have much of a problem the 205 is not that much uh 
to give up on top to me. And then the 105, again, if I was contending, which I'm not. So, uh, but yeah, the 105 for, like you said, he's basically like a top three, four receiver, no matter what it seems like, yeah. and, you know, until he starts seeing the fall off. Okay. Next one then. So that, that's a no, uh, 113 and pet because the trade X leagues have 113 reminder, 12 team PPR, super flex, 1.75 tight end premium. Uh, 113 and Pat Fryermuth for that 105. I even in a tight end premium, I don't think I'm taking the tight end for the 105. I, I, again, I'm I'm looking at one of those top two wide receivers in this class, and I'm excited about it. Even with essentially the 201 on top of it, even with the 201 on top of it, Rock, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one, I, I'll call out that one. That one came from Russ. And, and this is if if this was a trade that he was trying to get Peter Howard to give up the 105. Peter Howard loves Friar Muth, <laughs> loves him, but it's it's not swaying me. Okay, and that brings us to the one uh, we're gonna call the you know it's time for <laughs> sleeper trade of the week. Sleeper trade of the week. Sleeper trade of the week. We're gonna talk about a trade addict trade, and it's sponsored by the Sleeper app. <laughs> Sorry, you don't get as much dancing when Russ isn't here, but uh, <laughs> I guess this is the sort of sleeper trade of the week because none of these are actual trades. But this is the one that most intrigued me, just because I'm such a fan of this guy, uh, Jalen Waddle for the 105 and 108. I'm taking Waddle. I am like I, I'm. I'm taking Waddle because the 108 is outside of that range of players that I'm really excited about. And you're hoping that JSN or Addison becomes Waddle. Waddle's already Waddle. Like that, I would make that move. I think I'm going to accept it because I said if Zach tells me to accept it, I'm going to accept it. So, and, and you know, even rebuilding, it's it's a uh, you know Waddle's a super young guy, yeah. so. You, so I always build my roster with young, proven wide receivers. You just got one. And I, by the way, which this will come up in the next trade, which I'm not going to do because I'm doing this one. But uh, <laughs> I also have the 110. So I'll still have a first, not one of those top seven, you know, primo top seven type picks, but I'll still have another first to add a guy as well. Um, so that actually is now going to be the sleeper trade of the week because uh, it is going to be an accepted trade. <laughs> and uh, just a reminder that, that uh, our trade of the week is brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. Join a new dynasty league or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy platform. Download the app today to get started. And that'll lead to the last potential, which I, I was not going to do most likely unless you somehow convinced me, Zach. But <laughs> uh, the 101 and Isaiah likely for 105, 108, and 110. Yeah, no. And I, again, this is about what you're going to have to pay. That's what I to, think, yeah. To get the 101. But if you are, again, if you earn the 105, so that, that makes you, you know, a, a bottom tier team you're better off with multiple kicks at the can or let's say Jalen Waddle and the 110. Yep. Yeah, I, I think you're better off that way. Um because I, I, again, if if I was the if I earned the 105 somehow traded all this to get 
Bijan Robinson. The move then is to trade Bijan Robinson yeah. to try to get Jalen Waddle and and change. The, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Exactly. So I yeah, I I am not a Bijan away from contention here. The only yeah, I'm going to accept it because I, I think because like I said, that that's why I made it the trade of the week because I was tempted by this one. But the only yeah. hesitation I have is this is J Mike's team. And I'm giving him two more first round picks, <laughs> and the league's the league's probably going to hate me for it. But <laughs> I agree with you, though. I think I mean, if I can have Jalen Waddle on the one ten rather than than three, I mean, as much as we like this class and any class, all rookie picks, even first rounders, a lot of them are still are going to miss. Yeah. So, I mean, even in the I think the first round hit rate is even only like fifty percent or something like that. That's that's because they all draft. Yeah, it is. But that's because the NFL drafts interesting play well and and it's so funny because like we have this idea that we can evaluate talent which we probably can what we can evaluate is everything that comes after that we can't evaluate injuries we can't evaluate the way the nfl is going to determine how to use these guys we can't like there's so much that we just don't have any control over so i'd rather i'd rather have waddle i'd rather have the sure thing and and take my chances with the 110 Okay, accepted, Zach. Woohoo! <laughs> that was fun. Okay, but uh, that is uh, the end of our show sheet. So that is the end of our show. I do want to thank Zach again very much for coming on. And like I said, I appreciate you very much talking so much about those rookies, or else we would have had a very short show. Uh, so, but once again, why don't you remind everybody where where they can find you, uh, especially coming up soon? Like I said, that rook, you'll hear all this rookie talk plus more, plus a bunch of other really smart people with Zach. So let them re- remind everyone of that. Yeah, so I am at Tacit Assassin thirteen on Twitter. Uh, Zach Reed with the Dynasty Dummies podcast, and like uh, we, we got the Hoot Nanny coming up, the Rookie Hoot Nanny, where we do. Uh, two shows about running backs. So we go through 12 running backs. We do two shows about wide receivers. So we go through 12 wide receivers. We do one show where we take four or five quarterbacks and four or five tight ends and do that. And then we do the catch all show where we ask you who we missed and we go back and, uh, and, and do it, do a recap of those guys. And that ought to get us pretty close to uh, the NFL draft where we can actually talk about things with more data points. Yep. All good. And like I said, it's great stuff. I listen to it every year. I love it. So make sure you're listening to it too, if you're not already, but uh, that'll do it for uh, us. I just got to, you know, follow. Uh, I'm at dynasty FF addict. Uh, Zach just gave his uh, Twitter handle. Uh, Russ is at dynasty outhouse. Of course uh, you can follow the pod at trade addicts pod. Don't forget FF podshirts.storeenvy.com. Uh, I know Russ has been saying, I think there might even still be SFB 12 stuff there. There are. I just bought two shirts to go to Disney. Uh, <laughs> nice. So, And I believe there's going to be a shirt for the, the playoff league, or there already is maybe for Scott's uh, Scott Fish's playoff league that started this past week. I think that, that they have that like uh, Mario looking Mario looking logo. Uh, so I think that might be in there. If it's not already, uh, it will be soon. Uh, and, uh, don't forget also, you can, you can, uh, sign up for our Patreon. You can see, uh, Zach's lovely face when he comes up on the show when <laughs> only without Russ though, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can never see them in the same place. Apparently, at least not here. 
Uh, and uh, you can get the Cool Kids Club uh, chat that a lot of smart people are in. Uh, it's a lot of good stuff going on in there. So uh, it's pay, uh, patreon.com slash pod. And I think that's everything. If not, Russ, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't planning on doing this tonight. So it's, it's, it's your fault that I missed something. That's what I'm going to say. Blame it on you. Good night. Thank Thank you for listening to the Great Addict Podcast, a member of the DLS family of podcasts, and a proud member in the Dynasty Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty and at Dynasty FS Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy pants. That is the best. <laughs> <laughs> See ya.